Welcome to Sidebar, a podcast from Hillside Community Church. I'm Jared, and each week I sit down with Pastor Aaron to pick his brain on biblical truths about relevant issues. After the episode, stay tuned to learn how to connect with us for more resources. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. I am Aaron McRae, and I am here with my good friend, video guy, Jared. Jared, how are you doing today? Good. Sunshine symbol made with his hands for the listeners among us. You know what's weird? Every time we've recorded this so far, it's been overcast. This is a really strange uh, Southern California season we've been in, a long one. It's been amazing. We miss the sun. I'm Please good. come back. Yeah. I found out that you are a expert cornhole player. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I did show up at your open house and surprise baby announcement and complete domination ensued both my <laughs> wife and I in cornhole. Oh, she won too? She destroyed I didn't see that game. the competition as well. It must have been the Angels cornhole, easy <laughs> target, true. something to hit. That's true. That's true. Well, we got a question today Okay, uh, from the social media peoples out there. Man, I just sounded really old and I'm not that old right there. <laughs> this was a question from Instagram. You said this in a sermon. Yep. And I think everybody kind of went, I think you made that up right there. <laughs> what does catastrophizing mean? Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, so first of all, let me back up. I was listening to a podcast by Malcolm Gladwell on revisionist history about creativity. It was actually really good. It was Rick Rubin, and he's got a new book on creativity. And in the middle of the podcast, he said this line. It was almost a throwaway line, but it was the one thing I couldn't get away from. And he was talking about giving a talk at a university to the psychology department and they were all talking about mental health. And he said, there's a lot of research going on right now for the language we use to describe traumatic events in life, the language we use to describe like our troubles. And he said, there's a very, very, very uh, important distinction between using language that's helpful and using language that's harmful to the way we process and recover and make sense of trouble, pain, trauma in our lives, like a child, um, this was my example, like a child, you know, when a parent says, no, you don't love me. I don't like, know what that's like. Well, not yet, <laughs> but like, no, any, anybody really with a level of maturity knows that a parent can't say yes every time. And sometimes the no is actually because you don't love, but like, what are the language? What are those things that we use that are like that in that moment or, or the next day? I'm sorry. I was uh, thinking about that same concept and just sort of remembered the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament. And he had like this amazing victory that God gave him. And you would think he would be on cloud nine celebrating, but instead he's all alone on a mountain and like emotionally distraught and saying, God, I'm the only one. There's nobody else using this language that is not helping him process the grief that's in his heart whatsoever. It's making it worse. And so I Googled that and it took me to this article from Biblical Counseling Coalition and I found a new word. The word was catastrophizing. And the concern of the moment that I was reading about is that we face these situations, trouble, pain. I mean, we just went through a pandemic and the language we use often is not actually helpful in recovery or processing our emotions. It's often even making it worse. It's making a problem into a catastrophe by the language we use. So Biblical Counseling Coalition says there's three things we do when we're catastrophizing. Number one, we exaggerate the magnitude or impact of an event. 
It's that old thing, we make a mountain out of a molehill. We feel overwhelmed and helpless, just even by the language we use, we feel mo more overwhelmed and helpless, or, um, I'm sorry, and it's making us predict a hopeless future, like we can't see any help or hope in sight. So like examples would be, uh, maybe if, if you've ever woken up late, you spill a cup of coffee on you. This is the worst day ever. And like, really? Like, I mean, I think there's been some pretty bad days in the history of humanity, and this is the worst thing that could ever happen. And so I was making this argument that the Bible, and we're in a series through First Peter, that even First Peter literally is giving us language to help us process pain and trouble. So Peter is writing to people in this letter, First Peter, that are already in trouble. They're already in trials. And, and he's sort of saying, it may get worse. It's probably going to get worse. There's going to be more pain in the future. And the question is not, is trouble coming? It's how will we handle it? How will we process it? How can we find hope in the midst of it? And I think here in 2023, um, we're prone to catastrophizing with the language we use, the way we talk about things. Um, there's way more, I think, complaining than thankfulness in the average ordinary conversation in 2023. And there's something to be said about recovering a biblical language, recovering hopeful language that is honest. Hey, this is really hard. This is really tough, but it's still filled with hope. And so when you read First uh, Peter chapter one, chapter two, well, I guess all five chapters, there's moments where it's, hey, there's, there's suffering, there's trials, but then there's language of but praise God, we have a living hope because of the resurrection of Jesus. And it's recapturing those kinds of things. Not that it's always like, um, turn that frown upside down. You know, not, not, not like silly, not flippant, but like deeply rooted, hope-filled things that help us process. Like we've got to have better language to process. That sometimes requires a therapist. Sometimes it requires a counselor. I would just argue it actually just requires a good friend who has some grounding and some maturity, especially one with biblical insights to say, hey, let's let's talk about this a little bit more. Or that even warns us sometimes, hey, I don't think that language is actually helping you process. I don't think that's helping you to make sense of this. And so like, I just remember going through our own daughter's like just really devastating cancer journey that many times feels unending and feeling a tendency sometimes to say something and then like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, no, that's that that may be what I feel right now, but it's not necessarily what's true. And being careful with the language because like we can just spiral out of control by using the wrong words. That's what catastrophizing is. And so I think the opposite of it is some kind of just finding a new language to talk through, to process, the right kind of people to process. Um, but first and foremost, God in scripture to get um helpful words, helpful phrases that bring healing, that restore hope, not that undermine it. I do that a lot. Oh, it's easy. Yeah, it's yeah. so easy. And, and by temperaments, some people are more prone to it. Um, by circumstances, some people are more prone to it. The greatest discipline to break out of it is probably the discipline of thankfulness and gratitude uh, being part of our life. Terry challenged me to do that, try to find something to be grateful for every day. Mm. And I am grateful for a lot of things every day. Yeah. But it's interesting how little I want to think about yeah. how grateful I am. Yeah, it, it it literally is a discipline, a habit, isn't it, to get into that? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Well, I think everything in our current world and culture, if we're not careful, our news outlets 
are they're experts at catastrophizing. That's how they keep an audience. That's what literal advertisers are paying them money to do, to, to catastrophize so that we're drawn in. That's what my Nextdoor app on my phone and my Ring app do. You know, nobody comments on the good news. Everybody comments on the bad news mm-hmm. on there. And so we're surrounded by it so much so that we're not even aware. It's almost the water we swim in in this cultural moment. So we've got to first be aware. And then we put in disciplines to say, whoa, whoa, I'm going to try to break out of that habit. I'm not going to fall prey just because everybody else does it. But a discipline of thankfulness is a great one. I blame movies. That part that coming from a filmmaker. Fun. I blame movies. Totally. Cause like, think about it. If you're, if you're watching a movie, mm-hmm. you are watching the most exciting moments of this person's life or this person's moment in time. Right. You don't write a scene about nothing. Yeah. It always has to be Heightened, and, heightened. And, it's entertaining. And to your word that you use a lot uh, in that moment, right? Conflict. Conflict. There's got to be conflict. More conflict, my and, professor used to say. Yeah, and, and that's what you need. But then a lot of times in a movie or whatever, even the resolve of that, it, it, it has to be packed into a certain time frame. But the human story is it may take years. And so how do you stay faithful in the midst of this isn't all wrapped up at the end of 120 minutes? It's we have to still live in a world where, I mean, Jesus is very clear in saying in this world, you will have trouble. But the uh, that's that would be catastrophizing if he stopped there. But he said, but take heart, I have overcome the world. That's the way out is this remembrance of, OK, there is trouble. Yes, that's true. And yet Jesus says, take heart, I've overcome the world. That's where our victory is. All right, cool. So I'm going to work on that. Okay. Um, And presents. Perfect. We'll have a pop quiz for you next time. All right. I'm ready. (laughs) We'll see you next week. See you next week. Oh, and and subscribe. (laughs) Don't forget that. (laughs) (laughs) Hillside has been in Rancho Cucamonga for over 40 years, and we invite you to join us on Sundays at 9 or 11 a.m. You can also go to hillsidechurches.com to watch the messages live online or watch from our Hillside Community Church app, available right now in the App Store. For more weekly content and to stay up to date, follow us on social media at Hillside Churches on both Facebook and Instagram.